you know, really also, you know, as we were talking about these three, these three kind of top things we hear people do. And this is the most important one, I think, because really, if you don't do this, the next two that we're going to talk about is, well, it's kind of, they kind of don't work. They don't, yeah, well, they don't work, right? It's uh, garbage in, garbage out, you know, especially in our work. We can show you every bell and whistle that a system can do. And there's a lots of bells and whistles and a lot of them are, are really good. But, you know, if you don't have, I'm trying to f- continue that analogy of bells and whistles, but if you, you're on your own now, <laughs> if you don't have someone who's actually going to be, I don't know, ringing the bells or <laughs> blowing the whistles, I don't think that works exactly. But <laughs> Welcome back to another, what I'm sure is going to be a fantastic episode of Mortgage Tech Talks. We actually, we've been doing these every two weeks, as of course our listeners know. And what we skipped last week, we should have, we probably should have done like a, I don't know, like a general, can you do like a press release? Cause I'm sure there's, well, I was out on X. Oh yeah. You were Twitter. No. I mean, yeah, we just got a lot of angry phone calls. People say asking where that episode is. Yeah. I was getting all these calls from Syracuse and Toronto. Maybe it was our fans. It must've been kind of worldwide getting angry that we missed it. So we apologize for all those listeners phoning in. We should have been more upfront with it. Maswa was actually in the jungle. That's what I was saying to everyone, saying you're in the jungle. Yeah, well, I, got I, got to, yeah, I mean, <laughs> at the edge of it, I was in Costa Rica and a lot of fun, nice weather, et cetera. But yeah, I was on the edge of the jungle. You could see it behind. And like even still like the monkeys and the bugs and all the things I'm not used to seeing were, there were a lot of them there. I can only imagine in the jungle, I was talking to some people who have been in the jungle and it's Next level, they had chickens, and every night a chicken would go missing until they had no chicken. So there, there's big animals in there. That Did you see a monkey? Yeah, I saw many monkeys. Oh, yeah, yeah. God. They would just kind of hop around there. They're not as friendly as I've seen as a kid at the zoo, and they weren't that friendly there either uh, at the zoo. But yeah, I did see some. They're very scary sounding, and they're pretty wild. Like they, You don't mess with them. But they're kind of small. They're not like big. No, no. Yeah, they're maybe 20. 20- 10, 15 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So don't want to mess with them. Yeah. 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 I guess, you know, this, this being a timely episode, given that we are going into the holiday break. And, you know, I think that for most people, myself included, it's a nice time to, to reset, right? It is the end of the year. It is a time for reflection, but also looking forward. And so, you know, talking to our clients, a lot of people are gearing up for this, right? Saying, oh, yeah, no, I can't wait for for the break. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get things right. And so I think today what I want to talk a bit with you, Massimo, was just, you know, what are those things? What are the big things we hear people saying they're going to do? And then kind of our pro tips of how, how to kind of go about doing that. I guess maybe just to kick it off, you know, of course, given the nature of our work with Blue, the one we always, always are, are hearing is, you know, now is that time, the, the few weeks, one or two weeks that I'm going to have off, it's the perfect time to to get your database in order. And and for us, well, we think any time is the right time because we think that your data is so important. But, you know, especially this week, a lot of people see it as that perfect opportunity to, to really do that, clean up their database, get it right. You know, looking forward to 2024, 2025, it's going to be a big, big renewal year. And you're going to want to make sure that your data is in pristine condition so you can really kind of nail those. So, I mean, what are you, are you hearing that same thing, Mess? And I guess what would you say are kind of the the pro tips, right? That's that's a very ambiguous thing to say, hey, I just want to get my data right. That can mean a hundred different things. 
you know, what are you hearing people actually going out and saying, this is specifically what I want to address? Yeah. So I am hearing that as well. And if you're saying that, that's a good sign, honestly, because uh, it is a great time to look inwards and figure things out when you're not getting bombarded by emails, et cetera. A good way to think of it is like, there's all kinds of data in your database, but there's some relevant data that matters for like what Thomas said, things are renewing or a lot of mortgages. I think it's like 60% of mortgages are renewing in 2025. So what does that mean? You got to make sure that all the renewal dates are right. And a lot of people surprisingly don't have the right dates. So any date that has an action, whether it's a closing date or a maturity date, obviously that's how you get paid when things mature, you can renew them, right? So making sure that's in order and then thinking even further, okay, all the maturity dates are in order, but if you can't contact the client to renew them, that's bad. So make sure all their communication details are in order, their phone number, their email. Those are kind of the the big ones. How to reach someone and when to reach someone is a very important piece of information with a mortgage that renews every five years. And those should be your focus. You, you shouldn't really focus on, for example, I don't know, the, the street address per se or things like yeah. that. Well, and I think also it ultimately depends on your outcome, what you're trying to achieve, yeah, right? So it's like starting there and then working backwards. So for us, and again, a lot of our clients, a lot of people are saying, yeah, do a ton of renewals. I know I have a ton and I really want to make sure I'm doing a good job following up with them. It's like, okay, so for a renewal, what do you really need? Well, you know what that renewal is and you know how to reach out to the client at that time, right? So, okay, their the maturity date and their email slash phone number or whatever, right? But you know, to just give another example, maybe people want to actually send physical mail True. leading up to it, or maybe even unrelated, maybe a, a happy birthday card. Maybe that's what a priority, priority at this time. So it's just thinking about your outcomes first, right? And then working backwards from there, because I think the key is, you know, there's a thousand data points you can look at, right? You know, there's the email, but there's things like income, and then there's things like the rate and the rate type and the lender and you know, the lender's guidelines and all the bips you would get on that deal. There's a thousand things that actually do go into that. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed, right? It's this it's this big mountain to climb sometimes. And so instead, focus on those key things. And, you know, kind of like we talked about in a data episode, once you kind of clean up one or two fields and really confident in that, you say, well, that wasn't so bad, right? And then, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I can take this next thing. I'm already starting to already see some fruits of my labor. And I'll give you that encouragement to move on. Yeah. So now... With that in mind, you might be thinking, okay, well, I have thousands of deals and I haven't looked at them in a while and this is going to take me a while. There are ways to speed this up and we probably won't get into that now, but a lot of these systems have ways to mass change things or mass update or make certain reports and things of that nature. But there are obviously like virtual assistants and assistant services or ways to outsource this work. But I think one of the things like Tom harps on this a lot, which is a good point in just about in many things that you do, like, and we talked about this in some of our episodes, it's like, you should still have a finger on the pulse and you should still be involved because at the end of the day, when you outsource something, people make assumptions in order to complete the work because maybe they didn't actually deal with the client. Right. And so that assumption could be bad many times. And so you want to have your finger on the pulse. You want to be involved and it'll be a good learning experience as well. Right. So just make sure you're keeping that in mind. There's nothing wrong with outsourcing, but there definitely is something wrong with just giving it to someone and not even tracking or helping or so, guiding what they do. Good luck. Let me know when it's lead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, Which is tempting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You, you talked about it. We talked about it in previous episodes, kind of around the AI, where I think it applies here, where it's kind of that 1080 10. We might need to do the upfront 10% of work, 
you know, you can maybe use some tools. I know there's actually data cleanup tools out there. I actually haven't personally used too many of those, but I know they exist. You know, VAs you talked about, that's the 80. And then, okay, there's the 10 at the end to kind of see what's going on. I mean, ultimately you need to do that because, I mean, just as a simple example, a very common scenario we see is people coming getting data out of, let's say, Phylogics, for example, and they have hundreds and hundreds of deals and they're all in progress, right? And it's to say, okay, I, I doubt you have hundreds and hundreds of deals in progress. Maybe you just haven't updated it. There's only so much, you know, a, a VA or whoever could do to say, well, actually, no, these aren't in progress. They're actually closed or actually those were declined or whatever, right? And so there is that input that's needed. And it's just, yeah, making sure that you're staying efficient, providing enough that it's a useful exercise, but not so much that it's going to be overwhelmed, right? Yeah, totally. You know, really also, you know, as we were talking about these three, these three kind of top things we hear people do. And this is the most important one, I think, because really, if you don't do this, the next two that we're going to talk about is, well, it's kind of, they kind of don't work. They don't, yeah, well, they don't work, right? It's uh, garbage in, garbage out, you know, especially in our work. We can show you every bell and whistle that a system can do. And there's a lots of bells and whistles and a lot of them are, are really good. But, you know, if you don't, I'm trying to f- continue that analogy of bells and whistles, but if you, you're on your own there, <laughs> if you don't have someone who's actually going to be, I don't know, ringing the bells or <laughs> blowing the whistles, I don't think that works exactly. <laughs> but point being is that, you know, they don't become so important or they're kind of useless if you don't have the right data actually feed into them. Right. So, yeah. So I, I think that leads nicely into the, the next one here that we hear people doing. Yeah. And I mean, it'll become obvious what Tom was just saying here is like perform analytics on your data, like do a kind of year in review. And naturally, I think humans with the calendar year do this anyways. You look at your personal goals and and you look at your year in review and kind of reflect over the holidays. And so that, that should be no different with your business. But as Tom said, you don't have the proper dates. You don't have the proper data. Your data is a mess. It's going to be hard to review the data if the data is a mess, right? So you got to do the first part, which is get your data right. Now, when you're in the analytics phase, and, and honestly, this is one that I think should be used more by people. I mean, we do have clients that do this and regularly, some even do quarterly and all that, but this is a really good tool because you're going to see stuff. Did we do a data mining episode or talk about them? We talked a bit yeah. about data mining. Yeah, we, we had one. But that was episode Two, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so there will be things that come out of this that maybe you didn't realize. And this is the perfect time to now reflect and be like, okay, why did that happen? And fix it for next year, right? So, I mean, Tom, you talk to a lot of the the big brokers all the time. Like, what are some of the analyses? Is that's how it analyses, I think? Is that analysis? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, what's the plural of analysis? (laughs) He'll throw that up in a minute. But anyways, what what are some, what are brokers looking at? What should they be looking at? What's a good starting point for them to analyze their year? Yeah, Right off the bat, I mean, a lot of it has to do with, you know, there's kind of the two ways to think about these types of analysis is the the vertical and then the horizontal. So you kind of make a grid. So the the vertical would be the specific areas. Oh, we got to have the plural analysis analyses. Okay, I think that's okay. No, yeah, I know this go. might seem unusual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Freddie. Thanks, Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. So the vertical is the areas you're looking at, and then the horizontal is how you're looking at those. And so typically, the verticals we see are just taking a look back at you know, the big areas in which you work. So I would say, first of all, lenders, right? So people are looking lenders, people look at referral sources. 
And people look at even deal types, things like, okay, do I do a lot of variables, fixed, whatever, those types of things. And then by each of those, look at volume. Obviously, that's the first place you go because obviously that affects things like volume bonuses, things like that. But also I see a lot of people doing conversion. And I think this is a really cool one, especially for referral sources. Because I think, you know, you talked about this and we talked about it in the data mining. Sometimes there's actually a big difference between what you think is going on and what actually is going on, yeah. right? And I think this is one area we always see that where it's like, okay, I work with this realtor and he's amazing. You know, he sends me so many leads. We have a great relationship, whatever this and that. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a fantastic referral source. And especially if it's a scenario where maybe you're more so on the front end doing sales and you have a team that helps you with the underwriting itself, a lot of what we can see happen is, okay, you bring in that new lead, it's exciting, it's great, but then when you get into underwriting, the area that you might see less of, you're not converting, right? They're just not good leads, they're not great leads. And so when you look back, this person who sent you, you know, 100 leads over the year, and three of them converted, hopefully it's not that bad, but let's say it is, well, you can say, yeah, they sent me 100 leads, but actually that's you know, 100 leads worth of time that, well, 97 of those leads were wasted time that we did, right? And it's not all wasted because you always built those relationships, but it's something to be said, okay, well, actually based on this criteria, we're not doing as well as we can. So either I need to talk to my referral source or we need to change how we're doing things internally to better address these, these clients. That's a really important point. And it, it'll just come out naturally. Like looking at this data, you're going to find stuff. And in our own business, we found stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the more advanced stuff I, I've seen people do, and this is kind of, this is more a fun one, but it, it can also be very powerful. I've seen some brokerages, usually the higher volume ones, really start looking at like, okay, we bring in deals. Why are certain deals sitting in this stage for eight days yes. when it should be? Yeah. Yeah. The big one that's on the radio all the time. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, the, so those are things that you can do in here too. So, now you know your volumes. Now you know maybe referral sources, but then you can look at more operational metrics. Like how long is it taking me to close a deal? You can relate it to partners too, right? Like, okay, for whatever reason with this referral partner, John, the realtor, it takes me two months to get a pre-approval done. Maybe he's not really pitching my services right, or maybe he's sending me clients that are way too early in their sales process, whatever. Those are really cool data points to do. And again, you need the proper data in there to yeah. do it. So yeah, it's like maybe, I don't know, this is just a silly example, but it's like, okay, maybe actually I get a, an approval very quickly for you know this type of client, but then for whatever reason, it's always impossible to get the appraisal done. We can't get through the conditions and we sit there for a very, very long time, right? And yeah. that drains our resources. Sometimes it leads to you know a rush closing, you know, all sorts of things that, that could maybe not be so great to your business. And so, yeah, actually seen that at each point. And, and the last thing I'll say about all this too is, you know, the starting point is always, okay, maybe I'll do some Excel or maybe I'll just get my calculator out and do some things. But the real kind of unlock is when you can do these things on a, on a regular basis, right? So set up systems in place so that it's not a new exercise every single year. It's like, I can do it once. And as my database grows, whatever it's in a CRM or a Google sheet or whatever it is, as it grows, these types of metrics just kind of auto-calculate, right? Kind of just auto-run for me because then, you know, you're saving yourself the work for next year, for 2024 is year in review, but also you're getting more real-time feedback. 
right? Instead of waiting for a full year to realize that this is actually a bad situation or you were taking forever on the approvals, you can identify that much sooner, right? And I think that's that's where the real unlock happens because that cycle of feedback is so quick. Yeah, you can really start amping up your business so fast if you fix this or make these. So, I mean, the last point we have on this whole, in this episode is, I, I mean, I guess we could sum it up as, so now you have good data, now you've analyzed the data. Don't just go, oh, good to know, and move <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, don't don't just look at the data and say, whatever. Do something with it. Basically, take that data, and we've got a bunch of ideas, and we see brokers do this, but action it. And this kind of comes back to pay, like the debt episode a little bit, where when you find places that really pay off, and maybe you didn't know about them, focus your efforts there and all of that. We'll go through that. But that that's kind of the, the summary of this point, and we'll get into it, is yeah, just action it. Like, do something with that data, whether it's good or bad. Cut a realtor partner or double down on one, whatever. Don't be scared to do that. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, and maybe some specific examples we've seen is, okay, in that situation, where there's a great realtor partner, I think that one's a little bit easier. But it's really like, send them a gift, right? I mean, we, we send gifts to our clients yep. and, you know, we end up spending maybe a hundred bucks. I don't know. Yeah. And some of these clients bring us, you know, thousands and thousands of business themselves or just referrals that they send us. It's like a very easy calculation when you have a very good partner, like a hundred bucks. We know people, you know, that example we gave where someone gave a moose head or something like that. Oh yeah. Tens of thousands of dollars of a gift, but you know, they just view it as a positive ROI. And I think there's, especially in this business, in the mortgage business, there's, there's very limited types of gifts or thank yous you can give to a really good referral partner, right? So that's that. But then maybe what's a bit harder is the is those is those tough realtors, those ones maybe that convert badly. And you know, I think in those tough conversations, it actually really helps doing step two, right? Instead yeah. of just being like, "Hey, it kicks the emotion out of it." Yeah, you're giving me bad leads for lack of a better word. It's instead being like, "Hey, this is your conversion number. This is everyone else's." there's a difference here. It could be me just as equally. How do we fix this? Oh, you actually are sending me a lot of clients who need this and this, but we don't actually do like you're sending me a lot of clients who are need private financing. I don't know. We don't do that. We like a deals. That's how we're set up. It's like, okay, that's, that's been established now and now we can work better as a partner. So those tough conversations in actioning things, step two really helps, right? And you can bring it up and you can show it. And it's just kind of like, and we're not saying fire all your realtors <laughs> and partners, but it's just like firing someone in your business, right? Like at the end of the day, it's probably helping them because they want the deals to close. And if they're sending them to you and they're not a fit for you, that's not great for them. Right. It's probably helping them to, to a private. Yeah. It's a waste of everyone's time. Mm-hmm. And it looks good to your team because your team's probably sweating over these deals being like, what the heck are we <laughs> doing? If you let that guy go and focus on the A deals, now your team's happy. So- you can frame it in your head as, I mean, I guess these are just strategies to fire someone. But the the short story there is with this data, it takes the emotion out of both sides. You could probably break ties in a good way and both businesses are better off. And that's a win just as much as sending a gift to get more business, right? So totally. Yeah. Yeah. Any other, I guess, action? We talked a lot about the realtor stuff, but I mean, other actions we've seen, I don't know. I've seen, you know, in that case of okay we have a stale deal right so we're always hitting this is just like a more regular cadence of hey i gotta report in my inbox every two days or something like that of what all the deals sitting here yeah. right any anything else i guess you've seen 
in terms of action. I've seen a lot on that vein that you're talking about. Instead of a report, some people send an email to the owner of that record being like, why is it sitting here? Here's your 24-hour warning. Here's your 48-hour warning. And so the 48-hour warning CCs other people. So just making sure nothing gets clogged in the pipeline. I do see some people, usually on the private side, but even on the A or B side, going to the lenders with this data and just being like, how do we work together better? Maybe we need another underwriter or maybe we should shift focus. So it's kind of like the realtor one, but don't be afraid to go to the lenders too. They want the deal to close fast. And if it's not, they, I'm sure they want to look into it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting too. And, and, you know, especially, you know, in some cases I work with multiple underwriters and maybe you changed an underwriter halfway through the year and you can say, well, with the old underwriter, we were doing this. And with the new one, we were doing that. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I think the lender would find valuable and very much so like realtors, they're, they're your partners in this, right? So the more you can inform them and have those data-driven discussions, the more it's just going to build that, that relationship. So I think that about wraps it up. I mean, of course, there's a hundred things you can do over the break. These are the things we're hearing. And so we just want to dive into them in a little bit more detail. I think just to wrap up is to say, hey, for anyone listening, if this is something that you're thinking about or excited to do over the break, let us know how it goes. We're always interested to get that feedback. Let us know if what we kind of shared here today was useful. And we'd love to hear about that, maybe feature it in an episode these are all things that we really want to engage with with our community on. So please don't hesitate to let us know about that and in the, the show notes and the in the comments there. But for anybody else who's just maybe you're just planning to kick back and relax for the holiday season, whatever it is, and enjoy the next couple of weeks. I think 2024 is going to be it's going to be a big one. It's going to be big. Yeah. All right. See you in the new year. <laughs>